warning. This show may be highly arousing and distracting. Listener discretion advised. Get ready to get titillated while being educated. Join the queen of fetish as I lead you into the world of sexuality while exploring outer limits of fetish, BDSM, and the sex trade industry. I'm your host, Wicked Ashlyn. For the month of February, we'll be discussing couples play ideals. This is the third part of a four-week series. This episode discusses non-monogamous relationships covering open relationships and polyamory. We may touch on themes of jealousy, emotional boundaries, and communication challenges. It's important to us that this is a safe and judgment-free space. This episode focuses on consensual activities between adults age 18 or older. Navigating non-monogamy isn't easy, especially if you're naturally inclined to put others first. Luckily, on this episode of Wicked Ashton, we have Paige Bond, a licensed marriage and family therapist who brings a truly unique perspective on this topics. She focuses on helping people-pleasing millennials create healthy boundaries and overcome jealousy within open relationships, with features in Newsweek.com, Medium, and more. So with our first question, what is a non-monogamous relationship and what are the dynamics? A non-monogamous relationship is essentially one that can be emotional, sexual, or otherwise, with consenting people of different parties inviting more than just two people in the dynamic. When we think of a monogamous relationship, there's two in that party. In a non-monogamous one, it's two or more. And they can be laid out in very different ways. In a non-monogamous relationship, it doesn't always have to be a physical act or an emotional communication with someone. It can also be inviting in objects of sexuality, such as flirting with others. It can be watching porn together, listening to erotica together. So there's so many different variations. Okay. And what is the difference between open relationship, swinging, and polyamory? I would say the biggest difference between swinging and polyamory is the aspect of love and emotional connection being present or not. So typically in the swingers lifestyle, there's an aspect of sexuality and friendliness. Whereas with polyamory, the literal definition means many love. And so that's inviting that more emotional, deeper love connection into the relationship. Whereas swinging and sometimes open relationships typically lean more so into that sexual realm and keep primary relationship of emotionality between a pair of two people. What are the benefits of being in a non-monogamous relationship compared to a monogamous relationship? Oh, I mean, the options are endless with that one. (laughs) So the benefits of being in a non-monogamous relationship can be novelty, you know, seeking new experiences, seeking essentially just something exciting into your life. And it can be meeting new people that could be something that's really attractive to someone. Another benefit about having a non-monogamous relationship is that you don't rely on one person to meet all your needs. It can be really taxing and sometimes a lot of pressure 
pressure for a pair in a monogamous relationship for that to be expected of them. And so you can kind of share the emotional load by inviting more partners into your relationship. I would say another really big benefit in a non-monogamous relationship is you can share responsibilities, whether it's financial responsibilities, parental responsibilities. It makes life flow a little bit easier as long as we're learning how to communicate effectively to be able to share the burden of these other typical things that make it really tough in a monogamous relationship. Okay. Communication is always important in a relationship. Since more than one person is involved, how do you keep jealousy from ruining your non-monogamous relationship? That isn't always easy. Keeping jealousy from ruining the relationship is probably one of the top issues that I try to help people with. And sometimes jealousy does end up ruining the relationship. It isn't always preventable because you don't have everybody on board to make it work. But really what happens with jealousy is it's this fear. There's a threat to the relationship or even perceived threat to the relationship. And so when someone thinks that their relationship is insecure and that maybe someone else will steal them away or someone else will be so much better than them that someone else will be chosen over them, that's going to impact a lot of that original couple dynamic. And so really what needs to happen is a really tough conversation, probably uncomfortable conversation, talking about what needs are not being met in that original relationship that's, you know, getting insecure. So maybe it is uh, the matter of fact of maybe someone's getting jealous because they don't feel like they're, you know, so special anymore because their relationship is maybe no longer exclusive before opening up. And so then a conversation would need to be had about what would be the things that could help you feel like that you are special to me and then actual action being taken to be able to meet that need. Essentially, jealousy is the sense of just having like part of yourself where you feel really low self-worth and you're just really worried about losing the relationship. It's all fear-based. Well, you did kind of start diving into question number five. How do you make sure your needs are being met in a non-monogamous relationship? I think that's another tough one for people because sometimes people don't even know what their needs are, let alone in a non-monogamous relationship, even in monogamous relationships that I see still have a hard time determining what their needs are. And so first is reflecting on what your needs are so that you can communicate them. Once you really dial those in, it's about letting your partner know and expressing that in a gentle way. A lot of times I see people go about expressing their needs in a critical way or a blaming way. So maybe they're trying to express a need of wanting more quality time, yet they say it in a really critical way such as, well, you're just never home and you don't even care about me. That's going to be really tough for the partner to lean into because already they're being attacked by statements like that. And so what's really important is to own up to what feelings that you are actually feeling in the relationship and not placing any kind of assumption for your partner. Something like, it really makes me feel special when we get to connect by, you know, spending time together. And I really miss this aspect of our relationship. When I see how much time you've been spending with your outside partner, I get quite jealous and start going down the spiral that maybe they're better than me or that you don't want to be with me anymore. What could we do to meet that need and spend more time together? 
that would be a much better way of trying to get the needs met in the relationship because it's being expressed in a calm and loving manner. Now this question is, I think, important in any relationship. What ways can you prevent sabotaging your non-monogamous relationship? I think this happens way too often. And, and people may be aware that they're sabotaging it or unaware. And so that's where it can get really tricky. I think what happens is people sometimes agree to boundaries or some people call them rules or agreements that they're not really fully on board with. And in a sense, they're lying to themselves and their partner. And so a way to prevent sabotaging the non-monogamous relationship is being really, really honest with yourself and with any partner involved about what you are okay with. Being honest on what your non-negotiables are and being honest on maybe what your more flexible areas could be. So something that I've seen happen is they'll agree to an agreement such as, yes, we can agree to have sex with outside partners. And maybe what wasn't communicated was that it would have been really hurtful for that person to go have sex with maybe a best friend or someone that they knew in their social circle. That could end up sabotaging the relationship because it wasn't very clearly communicated. And so that's kind of another layer to that is making sure that we are clearly communicating by being explicit rather than implicit and assuming maybe our partner knows something. A way to prevent sabotaging the relationship in that sense is probably over communicating like more than you think you need to. <laughs> so I think a lot of people forget that our partners are not mind readers and they have no idea what's cool with us or what is not cool with us. And so it's really, really important to be as expressive as you can, especially while navigating a non-monogamous relationship. Okay. Definitely. I know sometimes I expect my husband to read my mind. Right. It'd be so nice. <laughs> it would be. This is another very important question, I would think. What questions to ask before opening your relationship so it doesn't fall apart? I think the number one question that people forget to ask is, do you want to open your relationship? And sometimes, you know, a partner may present it to them and they'll go full force into it without really deciding if that's something that they actually want for themselves or not. And then causing a lot of harm and damage in the process, trying to do it with their teeth gritted and white knuckles. Some really important things to do is kind of take an inventory of what your values are and what your vision for a relationship is. Do you envision yourself in a relationship and being able to be happy? having other aspects of other partners involved. Can you still get your needs met in this way? So this is where communication and boundaries really come to the forefront because you'll need to talk about all of these aspects while opening up. You'll also want to talk about kind of communication about communication. It can get pretty meta. How often are we talking about non-monogamous partners? How much are we sharing about conversations uh, with non-monogamous partners? At what point do you want to know that there's another interest in a partner you know is it at the point where oh I matched with someone is it at the point where oh we've decided we're gonna go on a date so there's a lot of communication about communication even within that that needs to be discussed 
And so some people prefer to have like what's called a don't ask, don't tell policy. And that can be preferable for some people who maybe don't need or want to know all the details of their other partner's relationship. And that works out really well. Although at some points it can cause some harm with people doing that in a way to avoid connecting with their partner. Some people may say, do whatever you want. I don't care. Just don't tell me about it. Kind of like I wish it wasn't happening, but as long as I kind of don't know, and I'm using air quotes with that, as long as I kind of don't know, then it's fine. Well, that kind of like presents the challenge. Are you really on board? So being honest with yourself is really important in this process. Some other questions that you'll need to talk about in opening up your relationship is what are your different ideas? What are your different preferences? One partner may prefer to open the relationship for swinging experiences, more so on that sexual side of things to explore that. Some people may want to open the relationship for polyamory and expanding their love and emotional connection with multiple people. People can navigate those differences within a couple relationship and it can work out, but you both have to make sure you're on board with that. And so you'll be doing a lot of talking about what you prefer, what are your non-negotiables, what would work within your couple relationship, what works with the outside partners. Some people choose to practice a form of hierarchical polyamory, where you have a primary, secondary partners. And some people choose to practice non-hierarchical um, or even something called relationship anarchy, where there really essentially aren't labels, like people don't have power or prioritization over one another. They're just relationships. Everybody gets equal power. That'll be a big one that you'll want to talk about. Some people prefer, especially starting to open up, prefer that more hierarchical type of polyamory. Whereas maybe after time goes by, that kind of falls by the wayside and they don't see that as an important aspect that they need. They kind of use it as a safety blanket at the beginning. There's many other questions to ask if you want me to keep going. I mean, you're more than welcome to keep going or they can ask you about it when they hopefully look you up. Yeah, I, I think one other thing that I would like to say is just talking about making sure that you do often check-ins and re-evaluations. Sometimes when people open the relationship, they have this idea of what it'll be. And it may change really fast that you realize that you have different needs or a different way that you want to do things. So it's important to have these conversations often. It's not a let's open the relationship up, set it and forget it. We want to make sure that we tend to this and a way with flexibility and intentionality. And so just as you would in a monogamous relationship, checking in on your love connection and things like that, you want to be checking in on how things are going in your non-monogamous one as well and seeing what adjustments you might need to make to make sure that you're making it work out. Yeah, one thing I like to talk about is definitely keeping the communication open in a relationship or things can go downhill rather quickly so fast. And I think that's one of the hardest things for people is to be open and honest about their communication and why non-monogamy does fail for some people so quickly is that they're not being honest. Again, I work with a lot of people pleasers and so they're trying to do everything in their power to avoid conflict, but that in fact robs their other partner of so much possibility of connection with them. And so it actually ends up bringing more damage when they're trying to not rock the boat and avoid conflicts than it would otherwise. Definitely. How can our listeners find out more about you and the services you have to offer? 
Yeah, I mean, they can just Google my name, Paige Bond, or you can find me on the website, pagebond.com. And I'm on social media platforms. I try to be active on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I'm most active on my email list where I exclusively email weekly-ish emails with either tips or stories related to challenges I've faced and things I've learned as both in my personal life and through my therapeutic work and coaching work. I offer many different ways of working together, whether it's the Jealousy to Joy program where people are really having a hard time with people pleasing and jealousy, really creating a lot of damage in the relationship. And so that's a three-month program where we go through the five core areas that I've noticed to really help reel in uh, that kind of insecurity that seems to be plaguing the relationship and help you find your voice and get rid of the relationship anxiety that keeps popping up for you. Outside of that, I've got courses, I've got a people-pleasing workshop coming up, and a quick way to do a deep dive with me is also a Voxer coaching day where you can essentially my mind for eight hours and we can go back and forth on a walkie-talkie app deep diving into a relationship issue you're struggling with. So happy to be able to provide any assistance to anyone really struggling in non-monogamy and relationship anxiety. That sounds awesome. I'll definitely have Damien put a little ad for you on our Twitter page. If you want to add anything to it, just let him know and we'll get that up for you. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Well, we've covered a lot today, and if you're feeling curious, confused, or even a little inspired, that's completely normal. Non-monogamy challenges a lot of what we are taught about love. Remember, this journey is yours, and it's okay to need help along the way. I'm so grateful for the professionals like Paige who dedicate themselves to supporting people exploring these relationship styles. You are definitely not alone. A huge thank you to Paige Bond for being here today. Visit pagebond.com. You'll find the link in our show notes. Is there anything else you would like to say? Thank you so much for listening. And I think one other thing that I wanted to add would be if you find yourself really struggling with a shift going from a monogamous to a non-monogamous relationship, it might be really helpful to take a look at the way that you were raised in the environment you were in. Maybe you're still working from a monogamous mindset, and that could be why you're struggling so much with shifting into non-monogamy. And I would love to be able to help you on that journey. Thank you for that. Next week, we're having a special guest, Frag, to discuss macrophilia and microphilia, which has been named as the 2024 Fetish of the Year by Clip for Cells. And as always, if you'd like to learn more about me as a mistress, visit wickedashland.com. There you can find the kinks and fetishes I support, how to call me, the games we can play together, and my favorite part, the ways you can spoil me. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And of course, as always, keep wicked.